0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on that rarest of birds, a Saturday afternoon thunder and lightning but thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from we appreciate all you guys out there our great listeners especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us I want to thank our sponsors over at strange brew coffee house and churn and spoon ice cream start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at strange brew coffee house here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo it would be a little odd robbie if Brupolo was in montrose yes it would that would be really weird. That would be one that you'd be like, wow, how did that happen? Yeah. They had to know somebody. You, you, some in of these Bruch, places you have down to. Got in
1: brew Some of these places you have to know somebody. Yeah.
0: Nobody's just like, hey, let's pack the kids up this weekend and go to Montrose.
1: you got to be going there to go yeah.
0: there. good people though. Well, wherever you are in our fine state, if you want Strange Brew Coffee, it is just a yeah. click away. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it. They'll ship it right to your door. You know, it's, we got some college football Saturdays coming up. You need that coffee to start your day. And whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, well, they've got you taking care of it. strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. I'm not going to have it this year, guys. I am not going to come to the games. I'm not going to go up there and do my coverage and look around and see you guys in ratty shirts. And I'm definitely not going to see you in maroon is all that matter shirts. It's time to move on. Think about how long that's been. It's been 18 years. Children are graduating high school. Time to move on from that shirt. Get rid of it. It's gone. It's over. You go to College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. You buy a new one. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. Whatever you're looking for Mississippi State, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco, I mean, they've got to be getting excited, right? It's got to be getting close to good times at Humble Taco. Not that they aren't always good times, but they know the students are back. They know that people will be back next week for football, two weeks from now for football. It's time to start. Getting back to the Starkville restaurants that you all know and love, and Humble Taco needs to be near the top of your list. Grab a delicious handcrafted margarita or one of their fantastic local beers. Grab some chips and salsa. Sit out there on the porch, the patio, so the temperatures are going to start getting cooler. And, man, you're going to eat some great Mexican food. Mexican food you cannot get anywhere else. Anywhere else. Certainly not in Mexico. What do they know about fried chicken down in Mexico? I admit that they do not. So come by and enjoy it. It's always great at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs, that's the place to go when you're wanting a quick, easy, and great lunch. All you got to do is download the free Firehouse Subs app, place your order online. It's ready within minutes, and all you've got to do is go pick it up. And every, every sandwich you order online comes with a reward. It's reward points, and you get a free sandwich quicker than you can imagine. So if you're looking for something great for lunch today... Hit up Firehouse Subs, locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. Bobby Falk. Hello, Brian. How are you today?
1: Are I'm you Warm? Out s- yeah. You know, this, this scrimmage day was mm-hmm. not nearly as bad as it was That's last week. week. Yeah. We had some cloud cover at times. Um, it was still humid. It got hot when the clouds uh, disappeared. Mm-hmm. And... Um, You know, we of course went inside for a little bit at the end because there was a lightning strike. That was, it was quite interesting to walk outside the stadium Mm -hmm. and see, you know, uh, sixty Chargers and Challengers and Hellcats going through the parking lot to Palmero, yeah, (laughs) and uh, seeing these like like Transformers movie, exactly, seeing these. Big football players and you know in the driver's seat with their shoulder pads on, yeah, you know, dri- driving to Palmero. Yeah, you, know, you think they have the bus just ready to go? I mean, they literally drove. Ever. They literally drove from there to Palmero, got out of their cars and walked right to the practice Whatever. to the Palmero. So, good crowd there. I know it was it was public. Open I was public. really surprised at the crowd, man. Like
0: I, everybody talks a big game. Yeah, I'm not. don't know this year. I just don't know. And then you when it gets up to, football, to it. you're like,
1: I can't live without it. It was a great crowd. Yeah. Like I, it was a smaller spring game crowd. You know, everybody was Nothing on the, the east side, but great crowd. Nothing wrong with that. I think people were starting to get excited about. this. I, I agree, and there's some things to be excited about
0: for sure. Uh, last public scrimmage of the season. Now they go under wraps the rest of the way. Here's a little bit of news in case you weren't aware. Today mm-hmm. is the last Saturday of the year with no college football.
1: Oh man, can I wait? We have, a big, we have our annual um, fantasy draft party next Saturday. Mm-hmm. That kind of like gets us into football season. Can't wait for that next Saturday. That is a rem- uh, remembrance that we are about to start college football. So, um, I mean, from here on out, the weekends are just going to be glorious, man. I mean, I, I, I absolutely cannot wait for
0: football. Yeah, I mean, we're here now. I mean, next week we have... I mean, it's not great college football. No, it's, but it's It's, it's Northwestern football. in Nebraska. It's Vanderbilt in Hawaii. And I'm going to watch every snap. I will watch every snap like the snicko that... The snicko. The sicko that I am. The Vanderbilt-Hawaii game is just going to be... It's going to be a train wreck. A glorious... I can't wait. 13-10... to 10 both touchdowns
1: scored on special teams, fumble recovery kind of uh, things. Remember last year, the UConn-Vanderbilt game, like, Jovis Balav- Joseph Balavis yeah, hit the game-winning field goal, and they, like, they carried him off like Rudy, yeah. pretty much. Like, th- that's what that's we're going to That's what we want. Say. Yes.
0: The kind of tragedy I'm looking forward to.
1: All right, Mississippi
0: State, we talked about it this week. Last week belonged to the defense. Can we say that today belonged to the offense?
1: Overwhelmingly. Okay. I kept up with the defensive stats again today. Mm-hmm. Last week, I think it was 11 tackles for loss or whatever it was, like eight sacks, had five interceptions. They had two tackles for loss Mm -hmm. today. Now, the last 15 minutes, we didn't keep stats because we had to go in Palmero and it was impossible, but I don't remember there being any huge issues. It was the offense's day. In the, the couple practices I went to this past week, it was the offense's days. So what we're seeing now is a back and forth. Neither, you know, we we've, we've talked a lot about the defense is ahead of the offense or whatever, but really it's been kind of even for most of the camp. We've seen some good days from the offense. We've seen some bad days for the offense. Good days for the defense, vice versa. Today was the was the offense's day. Receivers making plays. Rufus Harvey, if he is healthy, I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. I think he's going to be an impact player for Mississippi State. And I know I'm the Startville homer, I'm the Rufus homer, whatever, but I, you know, I feel like I can tell the difference between somebody that's going to be really good on this level and somebody that's not. Mm-hmm. And if he's healthy, he's going to be really good. He should have had three touchdowns on Saturday. The one touchdown he didn't have was on a big pass play where he was stopped on the one-yard line. There was one play where he just – he was 20 yards away from everybody else in the defense. It was a coverage breakdown, but – I think you give a lot of credit to him because he can just run a route as good as anybody as I've seen around mm-hmm. here in a long time. So if he's healthy, he's going to be a difference maker for state. And uh, Leach even talked about him on Saturday too, and said, you know, he's a good example for other people to watch because he's just—I mean, he just gets open, and he catches the football, and that's what you're supposed to do in this offense. We talked a little bit before the show about this, but there are two groups
0: that are just. They don't have a superstar. Mm-hmm. There's no... For We're talking about the wide receivers is one of those groups. We'll talk about the other one in just a minute. You know, but there's for the, the, the wide receivers, no Eric Moulds, no, no Darunia Wilson type player in here. No. But they are just solid, like one through nine. You, it was pointed out today, Ra-Ra Thomas was running with the third team. Mm-hmm. If that guy... And made,
1: made a lot of plays. Well, I
0: mean, he should, because I mean he should be dominating third team guys, and he did. Yeah. He did. If that guy is your third best player at that position... I mean that's that's a good group to have. And today also, you know, a guy we've talked about a little bit and he did not have much of an impact last weekend, but it appears Caleb Ducking had a good
1: day today. Yeah. It just it's one of those groups that I think on any given Saturday you could look up and say that this guy mm-hmm. broke out in this game. And then the next Saturday could be somebody completely different. That's why I have so much confidence in this offense. Just staying the pace. Mm. You lost a thousand yard receiver. I have no worries that they're going to be able to find somebody or some somebodies to supplement the loss there. I, I just I feel like they're going to be really good at receiver. Um, you know, Justin Robinson has really come on, mm-hmm. and a, a guy that I think can really help Mississippi State at his position. Caleb Ducking. I'm I'm still expecting some big things out of him. I'm expecting Ra Ra to be good. I'm expecting Wally. I'm, ex- you know, there's so many guys. You go up and down that, that roster, and it's exactly what you said. I mean, there's nobody in there that is the alpha dog, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But there's a bunch of them that can do a lot of damage for you. So and it's who, just
0: there is an alpha dog if in there, there somewhere. Who, who yeah, would you I mean, say you think it is? Wally. I think Williams is probably like a, a big leader, but I wouldn't use the term alpha dog" for Austin Williams.
1: Well you know, Wally is so is so interesting to me because sometimes he'll just kind of like fade into the background mm-hmm. you know, and then he'll be spectacular, then he'll you know, he'll have 12 catch ball games. He doesn't have the consistency
0: that you'd like
1: sometimes Yeah um, and I think that's the next step for him is being more consistent, mm-hmm. because I think the ability there. He just you know he's got to be more consistent catching the football, he's going to get open. Um, but you know the alpha dog might be a Caleb ducking mm-hmm. because there's not many guys at that size uh, in this wide receiver group that can make the plays that he does um this tremendous potential there we just haven't seen it and um you know it's it's hard to project that a guy's gonna be really really good when he hasn't shown it and I think that's what people are kind of waiting on. You know, we talk about Caleb Ducking all the time. And people are, are kind of, they're not getting it yet. But I think he can be, I think, to me, we're talking about him a lot like we did Makai Polk yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, so I think he can be a guy that, that catches 80 passes plus. Mm-hmm. I think he can be a guy that has an 800-yard season or more um I, I really believe that he has a chance to be really good and he he stiff he stiff armed uh Marcus Banks yeah you know into oblivion today i mean it, everybody's talking a, about that yeah there's an imprint on the 20 yard line of he's, Marcus he's Banks he's a big physical guy i mean when he gets going downhill that's going to be a guy that's going to be tough for a cornerback to come up and tackle we'll see what happens there of course, none of these guys are doing anything without the ball coming
0: to them. It, all, all indications are Will Rogers had a much better day, and the quarterbacks in general had a much better day.
1: Today. A lot of zip. Uh, the, the seam route, you know, just up the seam, mm-hmm. that pass from, from Will Rogers was beautiful today. He hit, um, he hit Rufus a, a time or two, maybe rah-rah. He's really got that down. He's got the crossing patterns down. Um, it's just, you just can't, you can't really overemphasize how good he is at that short route because mm-hmm. it's, it's important to be accurate on that short, short route. If you don't hit that guy in stride running the crossing pattern, that's a difference in a possible 20-, 20, 25-yard gain and a 5-yard gain. So while the depth of target is not doesn't seem you know, that big of a deal – The fact that it's so accurate that he puts it right on the money that those guys can stay in stride and turn a 5-yard pass into a 25, 30-yard pass is very important because we've seen some passes from the backups that have been behind the receiver, that have been too far ahead of them. It's important to be able to throw that intermediate route, and that's something that he excels at. Mm -hmm. While he might not be able to throw a 50-yard dart down the field, it's still incredibly important for a quarterback to be able to to lead the receiver, to make sure that he's moving and he's in motion, he doesn't have to stop or come back and make a catch. I think that's what Will does so good. And um, I'm starting to see a lot of chemistry between him and, and Rufus and uh, Rauron, some of those younger guys, which I think is a really good thing for Mississippi State. But, yeah, I thought he was excellent today. I think Sawyer's starting to look better and better. Um, and that comes with reps, man. I mean, that's what this offense is all about. The more you do, the better you look, and that, that's what we're starting to see. Um, Chance Levertich threw a couple of really good balls. Uh, Greek had, a, had, had some good plays. Mm-hmm. I thought the offense as a whole was just really good. I really like the starting offensive line right now. Yeah, I, I think we're about set. Uh, Cole so, Smith is starting to move in at right
0: guard. So, so it's – see if I'm right here. Dollar Bill, Nick Jones, LeQuinston Sharp. Cole Smith, Cam Jones.
1: Yes. Okay. I think we're about
0: set. You know, Cole Smith is the guy, like, people just sort of like, I felt like they got a little written off at the beginning of camp, and I was like, this guy started almost every game last year. Well, before. the
1: issue was he missed all of spring. Right. Um. So well, he's, had he's had to, caught up now. He, and, you know, it's like you said, I mean, we've forgotten about him, and now we're acting like Albert Reese has just, you know, fallen off the face of the earth because Cole Smith, has replaced him, and we're forgetting about the fact that that's a guy that's been playing for Mississippi State now for three years. Mm-hmm. Cam Jones has been playing for Mississippi State now for three years.
0: Yeah, same with Sean. Albert
1: Reese is a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I mean, let's four games. Let, let's uh, let's pump the brakes on him a little bit. If he's not able to beat those guys out right now, it's okay. Those are two really good offensive linemen that have played a ton of snaps for Mississippi State since 2020. So. I think that that group's I mean there was hardly any pressure on Will Rogers today when he was in there with that line, and um you know I, uh, there's a lot of out of context reporting by fans that were at the that were at the event mm-hmm. today, and I think it's important to note that you know whenever you're saying like the offensive line's getting destroyed right now, that was the first team defense versus the second team offensive line. So i i don't want that I don't want that to be glanced over, and people to think that you know the offensive line is struggling. The first team offensive line was really good, um, and the second and the first team defensive line was really good too. But that's kind of what they do; they stagger. The, you know, it's the first team offense versus right. the second team defense, and vice versa. So um, that's another thing. I mean, you just I, I keep saying you have to kind of temper yourself a little bit when you're watching these things and realize who they're going up against. So, um, you know, I look at, you know, if they're going, you know, Caleb Ducking versus Marcus Banks. I know Marcus Banks is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I, I put something into that matchup.
0: Defensively, who stood out? Oh,
1: DeCarlos Nicholson had a had really good. Had a pick good, today. Yeah. Anybody, who else stood out to you on the defensive side of the ball? Um, I'm, I continue to be really impressed with the young front seven. Mm-hmm. Calvin this is, is
0: the other group that we're talking about that has. Yes. Again, there's not, there's not a Jeff Simmons in this group. There's not a Montez Sweater, Chris Jones, but there's just guys there.
1: Calvin Dinkins is so strong. Yeah. He's in the backfield a lot. Uh, Deontay Anderson is in the backfield a lot. Mm. Uh, you know, Avery Sledge, Dante Russell, those guys are going to be really difficult to block. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with that group. I don't think the impact's going to be very high for them this year, but they're winning some battles against some good players up front, and I think that the state is in really good shape for the front six moving forward. I think that's going to be a really good group. Nathan Pickering has had a business-like r- solid, really good camp. Last year, I was a little concerned about Pickering Um, with conditioning and all that, he looks really good. Cam Young, really good. Had a pick today. He did, he did. The big man had an interception. Um, You know, the safeties, Jackie Matthews continue to be be really good out there. Emmanuel Forbes, I I don't know if you reported or not, but he got hurt the other day in practice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't appear to be serious. He's been dressed out the last couple of days. He was uh, running back and forth today. He didn't participate. In the uh, scrimmage, which is what you want, mm-hmm. you know what to expect from him. So, but he looks fine. Uh, John Lewis had a brace on his leg, and it was it was you know pretty stiff. So, I mean, he wasn't putting a lot of bend on it. So right. that that could be a a little serious. Uh, and then Jaquavius Marks hurt his ankle in practice in uh, in the scrimmage, and you know that looked like it was a little concerning at first but i don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be long term uh but yeah i mean the defense has just been really solid this entire camp mm-hmm. and i th- i think it's going to be really good this year i just i'm i'm really impressed with the front seven but i'm also equally impressed with the defensive backs very rarely are they getting beat mm-hmm. like whipped by the receivers, they're usually in position. Now they had some breakdowns in coverage today um, that I'm sure Zach Arnett's going to be furious about. But very rarely are they beat the athleticism. Overall athleticism in the defensive backfield this year is as good as it's been since that you know that number one defense a few years ago. I think the athleticism and just being just over overall athletic being able to stay with the receivers, I think, is, has been improved.
0: And then, lastly, the special teams.
1: Our guy, Massimo. Massimo. It's a good! It was better today. Good day, good day. Uh, Massimo, as far as I, I haven't looked at the stats, but I don't remember him missing a field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Rabin hit his only field goal attempt. Uh, there was one miss, and it was by – you'll have to – Remind me, who Kennedy. Kennedy. Kennedy, Kennedy, Mr. Kennedy. I forgot where he was. From. We have a gimmick. I've I've made up like Ohio or something, Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. We, he we have a,
0: hails.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. We, we we have a gimmick for like every single. With all the kickers, yeah. Kicker, yeah. And punter, yeah. Um, Archer Trafford had like a six. I, I didn't measure it. But it was it was over fifty yards through there. Yeah,
0: um, I said sixty on Twitter. I couldn't remember. What's our gimmick for him? We're gonna have him wearing the tactile neck.
1: Yeah, Okay. It could be. <laughs> we're not uh, doing punting anymore. Yeah, he he kind of has a uh, his he kind of has like a Roman Reigns look to him. Oh, um, okay.
0: George jo- Georgeopolis. Every time he drops a punt inside the five, we're gonna break a plate. <laughs>
1: Oppa! You get if he, if he has a fifty-plus yard punt, you
0: get the flaming cheese delivered you get, right to your
1: seat. That's right. The- <laughs> uh, but overall, good day. Uh, Massimo, I think was was handling kickoff duties. Um, I had heard that there were gonna there was gonna be like situational kicking this year, like even if it's on a certain hash. Like somebody is going, a certain kicker is going to handle that. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, on certain distances, you know, if it's a long-distance kick, Ben Rabin might be the long-distance ki- distant kicker. And even punting, too. So it's good to have that competition. So we'll see what happens. But, I mean, overall, the whole day was just, you just left there feeling better about what you've seen than, we, than last week. I mean, last week it just felt like, a little bland. Yeah. A little blah. Yeah. But I thought that there was good things from everybody. I mean everybody had some moments.
0: I just want to go back to Mr. Kennedy.
1: Weighing in at two hundred and two and three quarter pounds.
0: <laughs> did you find out where he was from? Nah, I did not I didn't look, but doesn't uh, it doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter where he's from. It doesn't.
0: So that's the last practice that's open uh, to the public or to the media. As I said, they'll go into game week, start our operations now, start preparing for Memphis, and uh, that'll be our last report. I'm sure there'll still be some availabilities here and there, but as far as getting to see practice, that, that that's done uh, for the 2022 preseason. Uh, so good stuff, good stuff. And, and the, the, the thing that stands out to me is bad week for the offense last week. Good week for the offense this week It feels like I felt like after in his post game or post practice comments last week, leach challenged his guys. Mm-hmm. It feels like they answered the challenge that
1: that's 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 encouraging one very underrated part of Mike leach is the psychological aspect mm-hmm. um you know making sure that you know he's it seems like he weeds out the week you know he gets yeah. the It started, you know, in 2020. The guys that that don't want to be here Mm -hmm. are not going to be here. Right. You're going to get those guys out. And then those that you've challenged, you know, if they have the right spirit in them, they're going to rise to that challenge. And I think he did that with the wide receivers. He talked about last week how they were, you know, a little, they needed to get tougher. They were a little soft. And the day, like on the first possession, Caleb Ducking is driving Marcus Banks to Australia. You know, I mean, it's like, Th- these guys seem to have taken that challenge, and I thought were a lot more consistent. Like he likes to use, yeah. so it was a, it, overall. I think the offense was r- much better. I this pat, really, this whole week. I agree. All right, let's move on into the second half of the show. We've got,
0: I mean, Robbie, we've got eight games left. That's oh, wow. all we have left oh, on wow. this countdown. So we're going to get through two of them today. We'll be at, we'll be at six. For our next By the way, just for the record, this will be our Monday show. We will not be coming back tomorrow to do another show. So if you, if you listen to us today and you wake up Monday morning, you're like, oh, they didn't. Do- no, we didn't. This was it. Yeah, that's so, fine. Okay. I'm, just letting, I'm just letting people know because there will be complaints. You know, I, just, I just know that. That said, the Mississippi Beef Council is a proud sponsor of Thunder and Lightning, and I'm a proud customer of our Mississippi Beef Farmers. You see, they do great things for our state, providing nearly a half billion dollars a year worth of agribusiness, and in return, we get to eat steaks. So, you know. It that's doesn't pretty, get
1: much better than that. That's
0: a pretty good trade-off as far as I'm concerned. So when you're cooking out this weekend or anytime, when you're looking to make a great meal for your family, head over to the meat counter and get the red meat, the beef, the roast, the burgers, the steaks, whatever. Brisket was on sale this week. I've had a buddy. I saw a guy at the store, and I'm not, I'm not making this up. He had like five briskets in his, uh, in his cart. And this woman stopped and was like, Oh, you're doing some cooking out this weekend? He was like, No, but when they're on sale, I grab them. It's like, I got enough freezer space. We're good. He, had, he bought five, he had like $600 worth of brisket sitting in his, oh. his cart. But he's like, It's on sale. I got to get it. So,
1: got him a deep freezer. He'll stick that in for a few weeks. Yeah.
0: I, guess. I mean, that, there were some big, Kruger had like some big, like 15 to 20 pound briskets going. On Friday. Kroger's got some good meat, too. They do. Good meat department there at the Startville Kroger, for sure. Wherever you live, hit up your meat markets, hit up your butchers. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers smoked meats. You know, I've been talking to Robbie Falk about going to Two Brothers now for like three weeks.
1: I just need to go grab him by the ears and just drag him there. You don't have to drag me to I'm just saying, we have it gone. You You just name the date, and we'll make it happen.
0: Okay. We'll see how that goes.
1: Just can't do it Monday. I was going to say Monday. Well, darn.
0: No, Monday will probably be no good. But we'll figure it out. The time has come for Two Brothers. You know that place is going to be hopping in just a few weeks when Mississippi State takes on Memphis. If you're headed to Starkville, if you live in Starkville, if you're within 100 miles of Starkville, put a trip to Two Brothers on your itinerary. Grab some great food, great times, and great people. You can't grab the great people. You should you just, can. You can, but they might, and then, then you might not have a great time. I wouldn't grab Lee Battle. He will, he will throw you out. He will take care of that business. But that said, if you let him cook, it's all good at Two Brothers smoked meats. Great products and great service is something that every business promises you, but Advantage Business Systems really really delivers on it. And you can tell. You can tell they do because they've stayed open for 47 years. I mean, you just can't do that unless you take care of your customers. It's not something you can fake. Advantage Business Systems, you know they're the real deal. So when your business needs technology, when you need copiers and printers, computers and laptops, they've got you covered with the best best names and great prices. And when something goes wrong, you're talking to somebody here in the state of Mississippi who can fix that problem a lot of times on the same day. Because they're local, just like you. The number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Number eight and number seven believe our teaser for number eight was the start of an era. It was technically the second game. But 1991, Mississippi State 13, Texas 6 in Davis Wade Stadium and a game that I was not at. Uh, we actually, I was.
1: First game I, ever, I was so ever at. My I was high like
0: school. Two. my high school game Friday night got canceled due to lightning. So we played Saturday night. Oh, didn't you hate that? Well, it didn't bother me because this was a day game. So I came to the game. I was excited because State had beaten Texas. Yeah. You know, and all
1: my old around. But still, you didn't get a chance around. to go. Right, right. I don't know that I would have gone anyway because, I mean, we had the game. but I always hated that during football season if that happened on a Friday yeah, night. Yeah, not fun.
0: I was told, I've been told by people who were there that this might be up there for the hottest game ever at Davis Wade Stadium. Yeah, I've Just heard that miserably, too. Miserably, miserably hot.
1: I've still got a ticket from this game. You were a baby, it, but you went. I was two years old. Right. But I still I got a ticket since it was like my first game but uh I have, I've watched I th- I've watched highlights on this maybe um and yes I heard this was one of the hottest games ever at Mississippi State a tremendous defensive game obviously for
0: the Bulldogs they dominated that Texas offense and did just enough offensively with the 13 points I believe Jesse Anderson is either Jesse or Tretis let me let me look it up um, had the touchdown, the only touchdown of the game uh, for either squad. Probably Tredis. Probably, it could be Jesse. Both of them were great, great football
1: players. Um, He's coaching somewhere, isn't he, Tredis? I'm sure he is.
0: Just says Anderson. Let's see if I can find it. Mississippi State. Oh, they just have team. Texas, you have the individual. Oh, it's because it's, it's Texas that did the thing. Here we go, here we go. No. Wait. Yeah, they just have the team stuff. Damn you, Texas. Damn you, Tyler Horka. Surely I can find a better box if, score. If
1: Tredis Anderson lives in uh, West Point right now, he, is, he works for the w- Bureau of Narcotics.
0: Weren't they both from West Point? They were brothers, right, Tredis and Jesse? I believe you're right. Tredis Anderson scored the touchdown. There we go. Let's do it. 36-yard touchdown. Um, couple of picks. A couple, uh, couple of big plays. Big play in there late in the game where Texas got a pick. But Tony James, one of the most underrated Bulldogs of all time. One of my favorite Bulldogs, too. guy who led the, the, the nation in special teams yardage when he left uh, Mississippi State. Rodney Stowers. Tredis Anderson, only
1: yeah. TD in the ballgame.
0: Rodney Stowers, big sack on fourth down. God rest his soul. Just a huge game for the Bulldogs. And this was the game that announced that things were different at Mississippi State. That the, the old days were gone. That it was going to be a new time at Mississippi State. At this point, I remember very clearly as a, you know, I guess I'm, I'm 15 at this time. Uh, I was like, I can't wait for the Egg Bowl. Because it's different now. You know, the days of Ole Miss pushing State around are over. Jackie Sherrill is going to get this going. And for the most part, he did the most part he did so huge game a difference making game this is this is this in my opinion if you want to talk about the modern era of Mississippi State football which to me begins with the hiring of Jackie Sherrill this is the first landmark win yeah and it 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 set it set the I don't know if trends the right word because State obviously still has up and downs but you knew from this point going forward that Mississippi State was going to be a team to, to, to contend with in the SEC going forward and it was. It was, for the most part, under Jackie Sherrill. So 1991, it's our number eight game, MSU 13, Texas 6. Number seven, honestly, this might be, if I, said, if I did favorite games of Mississippi State fans, this might be number one, the 1999 Egg Bowl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Number seven, MSU 23, Ole Miss 20. If you were there, you remember way too many. I, I can remember this game more clearly and, and a lot of the plays that happened in it than I can get, remember plays that happened last year. Like, I mean, I was at every home game last year. And I could tell you a lot more about the 99 Egg Bowl. Now, maybe that's because I've watched it. I mean, I've watched the 99, the year of the comebacks video so many times. I had this game on, on VHS. This is a game that we recorded, and I've watched the replay. I may have watched it a 1,000 times. Um, and then I've watched the highlights of it another 1,000 times. But MSU falls behind 20-6. to six. Ole Miss was dominating this football game. Absolute dominance. Dukes McAllister. Give Deuce a lot of credit. He only he, he was two and two in egg bowls against Mississippi State. 97. He, yeah. 97. And two thousand they won and 98, 99, loss. lost. But I think he rushed, and I could be these are approximate numbers, but I think he rushed uh, for eight hundred and thirty-eight yards in those games. Yeah. On two hundred and seventy-four carries.
1: Yeah, and I remember in this game when he got the ball on the kickoff. I was a little nervous. Like, until he went out of bounds. I was like, get him, get him, get him, get him, get him. You didn't think the game was over.
0: So, State down 20-6 to uh, going into the fourth quarter. They get a touchdown. On one of my favorite plays, Sparky Woods had this play in the playbook, and every time he ran it, I'm pretty sure State scored, where they would fake a screen to the left and a screen to the right, and Donald Lee would just sort of float into the middle of the field, and he was always wide open. It was great for a little four- or five-yard touchdown pass every time.
1: feels like some of the greatest plays in Mississippi State history, mm-hmm. or at least in Jackie Sherrill's era, All the tight ends. was the tight ends. Yeah, well, I mean. That's, or the H-backs or that, the fullbacks. That's the time of, of the football, and that's
0: what yeah. it was. Uh, State gets a stop. I can't do anything on the next drive, you recall. Mm-hmm. Gets another stop. And that's where Pick Prather fumbles. Yes. What's he laughing at? <laughs> now, I mean, I can still see these things. He was laughing after he fumbled the punt. But stay gets the stop, gets the ball back, and then methodically drives to about just shy of midfield, and that's when the play happens, C.J. Sermones. And that's a play where, again, being in the stands, I can remember clearly, like, as soon as the ball leaves Mackin's hand, I sort of shift my focus down the field. And you see Simone at? standing there, and you're like, oh, my God. And how did he get that open? How did he get that open? And uh, you know, and we're talking about a millisecond, right? How long does it take the ball to get there? But in my mind, I can remember thinking he's too open. That's one of those you're so open, he's gonna drop it. But he caught another one, God rest his soul. Yeah, scores the touchdown, place goes absolutely berserk, and then. Mike
1: Tarico went berserk. Mike Tirico was going nuts. Corso's calling it. He's like, dude, what what a crew that was. Tarico, Corso, Doctor Jerry Punch, and Kirk Herbstreit. And Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, fantastic. Way right, Mac and got the pecan pie
0: from a uh, from a uh, wait from Lee Corso.
1: If you watch this game back mm-hmm. and you don't really know how it all works out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unfathomable when you look at the time. Like, how did how do they how, do they, how do they win this? I mean, this was the fourth time this year they had
0: done something like this. Yeah, they had come, like they it was just crazy.
1: They just could not. And like I remember counting them out
0: the whole game. Like, when are they going to bring Wyatt in? When are they going to bring Wyatt in? And they let Mackin have it, and he got him. And then, like I said, after the touchdown, David Cutcliffe makes easily maybe this is maybe very easily the dumbest decision of his coaching career. Sends a one-man route down the field against Robert Bean, who, as much as everybody loves Fred Smoot and I do too, Bean was an outstanding cover corner. Mm-hmm. And he makes one of the most iconic plays in Mississippi State history where he meant to kick that baby. Kicked it right up in the air for Eugene Clinton. I don't f- even know why they were throwing the ball there. I would have just run the ball and gone to overtime. Yeah. I, was, I mean, you might have had a chance. A, they hadn't have stopped. We had, State did not stop Deuce That's all night. That's what I'm night. saying.
1: You, you might had, have had a better chance
0: but had a of much Deuce chance. scoring or getting you in field goal yeah. range. Because State's offense that year was bad. It really was I bad. Mean, you had a much better chance. But he decides to go for it there. Because Pig was the running back, right?
1: Who? For Pig was the running no, back, No, no. Right?
0: Desenzo and DeCenzo uh, De, was Dante there. Walker.
1: In, in 98. Yeah, okay. Don, this is 99. Okay. And that, that's right. Yeah, I've, for whatever reason, I was Pickranger started as a running
0: back in '98. That's right. They, in '98, he was a safety at this point.
1: He played. He was running back against Arkansas in the SEC. What people think is the SEC West Championship. And he, he,
0: he ran the ball. He and Desenzio, yeah,
1: because and Chris Rainey. Yes.
0: Yeah. So you get the interception. By the way, if you want to go back and rewatch that, make sure you keep an eye on the uh, bottom of the screen for John Hilliard absolutely cleaning out Adam Bettis at the end of this play. Yes. Bettis had no idea he was coming. I never noticed that until oh, you just, or Stephen or something pointed out
1: a couple years it ago. It is Stephen
0: Agustinelli's all-time favorite moment in MSU history. It just, <laughs> it, wipes, him it just wipes
1: him out. just uh,
0: wipes him out. And sets up Scott Westerfield to be the hero. And then, like you mentioned, uh, they did kick it off, and Deuce got the ball in the Stanford-Cal play, but State was able to force him out of bounds. And get the win twenty three twenty. State take the fans take the field. I mentioned. I think I talked about it yesterday or the other day. That I saw someone kick Stuart Patrick right in his ass. No, you said Corey Peterson. Oh, it was Corey Peterson. That's right. Yeah, Stuart yeah. Patrick is gone by this point. It was Corey Peterson right in his
1: ass. Good because two years prior to that, yeah, I see, he deserved it. Dude. He probably he kicked it. He kicked I, every I'll, Mississippi State fan in the butt of every
0: of all the moments at Davis Wade Stadium that I can remember in Scottfield that I can remember. That is like one of the most vivid of being out there on the field and seeing this frat boy just kick him, just split the uprights, and then take off running. I could see it like it happened five minutes yeah, ago. Yeah, he wasn't going
1: to stand there he and wait on him. not and... wait on him. Hell no. Yeah. And
0: so he took off. State goes 9-2, and two, finishes the season ranked in the top, I think ranked 11th or 12th, obviously to go to the, the Peach Bowl that year. Should have gone to the Outback Bowl. We all know that story. Beat Clemson. I think from, like I said, this game – I'm not saying it's lost some luster, but there have been a couple games, obviously, that, are, that have moved in front of it for me.
1: I, I believe, I mean, you, really, you, it really has proven that team was better than the 98 team. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's they just, just the, unlucky. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. you lost this the is wrong people. This a game, people.
0: you could have ranked it as high as fourth, I think. Yeah. But I, I got it, seven. it
1: It's You have an argument for greatest Egg Bowl ever. For sure. No doubt. From,
0: from a Mississippi State perspective, yes. for sure. And like I said, from, from a fan perspective, this is one of the most enjoyable moments uh, that I can ever remember. So that's my number seven game. MSU 23, Ole Miss 20 from the 1990 uh, Egg Bowl. Only one more Egg Bowl to go. Not the 99. 99 Egg Bowl, I'm sorry, yes. The 90 Egg Bowl sucked. I was there. There was a fight in that one. Did you say there's another Egg Bowl to go? There's one more.
1: One more Egg Bowl. Hmm. You had no chance. I have no chance no. To, to remember this? No. So. It's going to be like the first Egg Bowl. There's six more games. Okay.
0: Two very recent. And then... Two from way in the past, and then you got two in the middle. So we'll put it that way. So tomorrow is
1: there a game against uh, uh, an old Southeastern Conference team in there? No. Oh, well darn. Like what, Sewanee? I want to. I want to hear about the nineteen twenty two Mississippi at- State Sewanee. No, that didn't make it. T- tomorrow's hint. How do you feel like the, the people of you know Sewanee College? That are now playing like D3 or whatever they have are. Just stuck it out. You, you I know, mean,
0: they, 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 I, they had to drop, I think. You know who feels like an idiot? It's Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Yeah. They could still be in the SEC. Tulane? Tulane is the same way. could have still been in the SEC. Yeah, they screwed themselves. Tulane might have had to push themselves out at some point. Georgia Tech, I mean, they have been a comp- They've won a national title in the I last 30 like years. I feel like
1: Tulane could have been a power. You're in New Orleans. You yeah. could, you could probably if you're in the SEC and then you're in New Orleans, you could probably get whoever you want in New or- in New Orleans. I think the problem there
0: is that LSU, the politicians in that state, yeah. are tikers. So yeah, that's a that's a good discussion. LSU's but. always been really powerful. Tomorrow's uh, tomorrow's hint. Uh, a quiet Death Valley. We'll do that tomorrow. I think I know that one. All right, that's tomorrow's show. Uh, yeah. So when I say tomorrow, I do mean Tuesday's show. So we'll be back then. Hope you enjoyed a special Saturday po- podcast, We're capping this scrimmage. Uh, I want you guys to have a great Sunday, a great uh, Monday. Don't forget, this is our last Saturday, guys, with no college football. College football going Whee. forward. So talk to you guys again on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.